Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Welcome to Prognosis. I'm Laura Carlson. It's day 268 since coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. Today's main story? This week, crucial decisions are coming that will determine how soon Americans can start receiving a COVID-19 vaccine. We'll discuss everything you need to know about what happens next. But first, here's what happened in virus news today. Global coronavirus cases have topped 67 million. In the U.S., a record number of coronavirus patients are in the hospital, and nearly 2,000 people are being hospitalized with the disease every day, according to data from the Department of Health and Human Services. New York, North Carolina, and Tennessee recorded the biggest increase in patients. New Mexico has exceeded its ICU capacity. COVID-19 cases now account for at least one in five hospital patients in nine states. Experts are warning about the winter holidays ahead. Anthony Fauci, the top infectious disease expert in the U.S., warned that the Christmas season could be even worse than Thanksgiving for the outbreak. The Christmas holiday is both longer and more challenging, Fauci said in a CNN interview. And Scott Gottlieb, former commissioner of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and a Pfizer board member, believes the current wave of infections in the U.S. has yet to peak. On CBS's Face the Nation on Sunday, Gottlieb said COVID-19 numbers are expected to get worse over the next four to six weeks. Infections are not likely to peak until the end of December or into January. Deaths probably will peak in the middle of January. Finally, there are signs the outbreak is abating in parts of Europe. Italy's outbreak continues to slow. Today, health officials reported the lowest daily new cases since October 20th. Italy may get its first 3.4 million doses of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine as soon as January 15th, a week earlier than expected according to the Italian newspaper Il Massagero. And now for today's main story. The coming week could mark an early turning point in the U.S. battle against COVID-19. An advisory panel made up of top medical experts will meet December 10th to help the Food and Drug Administration review the drug for possible emergency authorization. That would clear the way to making it a top weapon against the virus. I asked reporter Anna Edney to break down the next steps in the approval process and help explain the reality of making the vaccine available to the public. 
What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Anna, I was hoping you might provide us with some details about exactly what's going to happen at this meeting. So the meeting is so that the advisors to the Food and Drug Administration can hear from the FDA staff themselves, actually, as well as Pfizer about their um, look at the clinical trial data that Pfizer um, ended up with after they they did a trial on about 44,000 participants. And so the FDA has taken a look at that data. Pfizer has taken its own look. Um, they're going to present each of their own calculations to the advisory panel in public so everybody can listen to it if they want to. Um, and then they're going to the panel of advisors. They'll talk about um, that data. They'll discuss it. They often have a vote at the very end of the meeting. It, I anticipate it will be a lengthy meeting. Um, and they'll they'll vote on something that will give an indication to the FDA about whether they should authorize the vaccine or not. And obviously, we're talking on Monday. The meeting is only a few days away. As far as the timeline and materials, what's going to be made available leading up to the meeting? So typically, the way that these advisory panel meetings work is that two days before they meet, the Food and Drug Administration will release um, the they're called briefing documents. It's the FDA's um, review of the the clinical trial data. They'll release Pfizer's um, own briefing documents as well. So this will be the first hint the public will get um, into the agency's view of that data and you know where they're leaning on it, where they have questions, where they think there might be gaps in some of the data. Um, and then so that will come likely Tuesday morning sometime around 9 a.m. Typically, they come out, um, you know, at the same time the meeting would start two days later. And then you know the meeting happens on Thursday, um, probably all day long. And there'll be that vote that I mentioned at the end. Most likely we'll see in those briefing documents what exactly the questions are for the panel that they'll discuss at the end and whether there is a vote that's asked for. So as far as the experts and authorities that will be at this meeting and the various opinions and recommendations that will happen with regard to the vaccine candidate, does the FDA have to accept these recommendations? They don't have to. Very often they do. They're usually, you know, they're they're in agreement, I would say most of the time with the panel um, when it comes down to whether they authorize or approve or reject um, a drug or a vaccine. And then there, um, you know, the final decision, the, the commissioner, Stephen Hahn, has said he's leaving that up to Peter Marks, who's the head of the agency center that oversees vaccines. And that's really typical. You know, they, the commissioner often does not get involved in making those decisions unless there's something that the commissioner might want to overrule. It's not something that I anticipate in this case. Um, and so I think you'll see career officials at the Food and Drug Administration making any final decision on this, which could come, you know, as soon as a day or two after the the meeting on Thursday. And that brings up a good point as far as what happens 
after this meeting in terms of the days and weeks after these recommendations are made and after this panel meets? What we're looking for during the panel is, you know, what are the questions the FDA has? How complicated are those questions? If they're pretty straightforward, if the data looks pretty straightforward um, and the FDA doesn't seem too conflicted, you know, we might see an FDA decision on authorizing the vaccine within a day or two. If it's if it looks like there's a lot they're trying to work through, if they're not quite sure about this vaccine or some some portion of it, the safety or the efficacy then that might take a little bit longer. Um, Peter Marks, who heads the um, the agency center that has the handles vaccines, he has you know said it, it possibly could take weeks if there if there are complications in the in the application for the vaccine. Um, but whenever it does get authorized, if it does, then um, Operation Warp, Warp Speed officials have said that they'll expect to start distributing it within 24 hours. So that's probably about um, 6.4 million doses uh, right away. And um, that'll that'll go to healthcare workers and long-term care residents um, kind of as the states see fit. So this this really isn't the end of the process, but really perhaps just one of the many starting points? Certainly. I think, you know, even the vaccine makers will have more work to do. They're not going to necessarily just abruptly end their clinical trials. Um, the FDA is making their decision on these vaccines um, that are getting emergency authorization based on two months of safety data. And typically for a full approval, um, they were they'd be looking for six months. So they're going to they're going to want the the drug makers to continue doing these trials, to continue getting them information and and seek out a full approval from the agency. Um, and so there's still more work to be done. And then, you know, the the states will be doing a lot of work to try to get these um, vaccines out to people and to, you know, that's going to be a continuing process well through the spring and the summer. And does this, in terms of the emergency use authorization for the Pfizer and the BioNTech candidate, will that potentially make it more difficult for the other candidates under development from other companies? It could in the sense that, um, you know, when there are other companies like Johnson and Johnson um, still trying to do clinical trials of their vaccines, people that are in those trials, you know, about half of them are getting a placebo they're not getting the vaccine. And if they feel they're getting the placebo, they're going to think, you know, maybe I should drop out and get the vaccine if they're eligible to get the vaccine. So there are people at the FDA and at companies trying to work through this, you know, do they start switching these trials, you know, or, or start start doing some trials based on comparing them to the vaccines that are on the market rather than a placebo. Um, they're thinking about all of this, trying to make sure that there can still be data gathered on the vaccines as they're going. And, you know, the other thing is safety won't just be up to the companies to look at. There will be a lot of people in the United States, millions of people using these vaccines. They'll be getting the vaccine. So there are at least half a dozen different federal programs that will be tracking safety um, within the Department of Health and Human Services, the Veterans Affairs Department, the Department of Defense. They all track, you know, whether there might be any rare side effects we don't see in clinical trials because they're short and, and not in a lot of people, um, whether anything rare might, might crop up, that'll still be looked at as well as we um, continue getting these. 
That was Anna Edney. And that's it for our show today. For coverage of the outbreak from 120 bureaus around the world, visit Bloomberg.com coronavirus. And if you like the show, please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's the best way to help more listeners find our global reporting. The Prognosis Daily Edition is produced by Topher Forges, Jordan Gaspure, Magnus Henriksen, and me, Laura Carlson. Today's main story was reported by Anna Edney. Original music by Leo Sidrin. Our editors are Rick Schein and Francesca Levy. Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Thanks for listening. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.